This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. We've got a full show for you on a Tuesday. Gordon and I have so much stuff to talk about. I hope two hours is enough. Let's go to work. Your calls are next at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Brian DeBrain and JP. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, what are we doing talking to each other at 10 o'clock? I know. This is where this is, enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will write it down tonight because yes. I don't remember the last time it happened, but I should have writ- wrote it, written it down back then. I think the last time it happened, it might have been when the Yankees swept the Red Sox in Boston. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that it's a, been a while. <laughs> that's a long time. So long ago, the Jets and Giants seasons weren't even uh, you know lying on their end uh, at, the, at that point, right? They still yeah. had something to go, still something to play for back then. And, and you know what? They still do. Do you? You think they still do? Yeah, they 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 definitely do, Gordon. Okay, and we'll talk a little baseball in a second, but let's pick yeah. up on that, and I'll tell you why I think they do. Because, listen, for the Giants, you still have to try to figure out if Daniel Jones is your guy, and I don't know. That's thought about. We talked about it last night about Odell Beckham Jr. and and possibly you know obtaining him to try to see what you can do because the offense, your your receivers that you spent money for, and the rookie that has shown promise when he played. Just can't stay on the field. But the bottom line is, Gordon, you still have to decide. And see, I, I think he's okay, but I don't know. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's ever going to be a top ten quarterback. But I don't know that that you need a top ten quarterback to win a Super Bowl in the NFL right now. Because if you have a pretty good defense and a running game, I think you can do well. So yeah, the Giants still have a lot to play for. They got to figure out what's going on with Daniel Jones. Well, I think for you and I, I think that there's still a decision to be made because some things you see you like, some things maybe not so much, and you have to kind of you have to ask yourself, is this guy ever going to be a top five, top ten quarterback? That should be the answer. That should be the question that the Giants are trying to answer. I, I feel like though, given who the Giants are, given where Daniel Jones was picked and all the different things going around surrounding the team. It's almost like he's got to prove that he's not the guy. It's not, it's not like a 50-50 proposition like it seems, right? Like, is he or is he not? To me, it's almost like he has to prove to them, you know what, he is clearly not the guy before they're ready to move on. The Giants, they've been known to be a little loyal, and uh, certainly with all that they have invested in Daniel Jones, I would be absolutely stunned unless he just completely co- collapses here in the second half of the season that Daniel Jones won't be their quarterback long-term. See, I, I think he – I agree with you. I think he is the quarterback for them long-term. But every time Should I really feel good about him, mm-hmm. he'll give me like 110 yards. He'll give me a couple of turnovers. He'll, yep. he'll do something that puts a doubt in my mind. And I'm like, okay, if I feel that way, how does Gettleman feel? Now, Gettleman's job is on the line here, Gordon. He, he drafted this kid. So, you know, if he doesn't do well – I mean, Gettleman could lose his job anyway. Yeah, but if, I, I think but, that that's a, that's a done deal to me as well, <laughs> too. I think that that one, it's almost hard to envision a scenario barring a playoff run this year where you would think to yourself, you're the Giants, that we don't have to make some significant change. And I don't know how significant of a change it is if you just move him and you keep everybody else in, in place and you just bring in a GM. But 
it would be hard for me to envision a scenario barring a playoff appearance this season that the Giants are going to keep uh, Dave Gettleman past this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But you, you still have, you know, you, this is a major decision that they have to make. And I think what makes it more interesting, and I know we haven't heard the quarterback of, of uh, you know, of the year yet, you know, and, and the changes every two seconds in the offseason as you get closer and closer to the draft, the names just pop up like, you know, like, like, like you're rolling dice. But, you know, with the Giants considering they've got two top ten draft choices, Gordon, I'm just saying, you know, this would be the time that you would not make the mistake you made before and get a running back, but you might no. consider a quarterback this time around if you're, if you're not really sure about Daniel Jones. So I still see? think they got to see what's going on with them. Yeah, no, absolutely, and there's still well, – look, I'm not saying that you, you don't tune in and watch the games or all those type of things like that, but um, just given the situation of everything that they've invested in Jones and just kind of the landscape of the offseason. Now, there's a long time to go. I think it's 170 days till the NFL draft. But as things stand right now, this, this year's draft – does not look like it's a great quarterback draft. And last mm-hmm. year's draft seemed like it was a great quarterback draft, and now we kind of maybe have to have to maybe reevaluate that to a certain degree. But unless one of the, the, the free agent uh, veteran quarterbacks who we expect to maybe be available, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, somebody along those lines mm-hmm. says that they want to play for the New York Giants, I don't know. It just seems like that the, that the market is kind of against them where there are not many options where – you would say, hey, this is a clear upgrade. Are you going to start all over again with a rookie quarterback, even with the two first-round draft picks when, you know, I don't think that he is ever going to prove to you that the answer is no. Mm-hmm. So I think that the Giants will probably – and that impacts all the other stuff, right? Like if you're talking about the GM, the GM kind of has to be on board with that as well. And Are the Giants decision-makers going to say, well, we're only going to pick a GM that's on board with the quarterback and limit their scope that way? I don't know. It seems like that's the way it's kind of lined up. But, yeah, I mean, we've got half a football season to play. <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. It's not like they haven't done that before. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, for Giant fans, they would say to us, Gordon, hey, we're 3-6 and six with Philadelphia. Okay? We're mm-hmm. obviously, you know, we're, we're a couple of games behind Dallas, but who knows what Dallas is going to be. But, We've got a shot of the wild card. Couldn't we be a seventh seed coming out if we if we put some wins together? If our defense continues to play the way it does, and and we can get we can get a, a, an assemblance, just a partial bit of our uh, free agents that we we signed, our, our guys that we expect to make big plays on the field offensively, you know, and and they still haven't gotten Saquon back. I mean, he's still out. So, you know, they could say we could make a run here, and maybe we've got a shot at the wild card spot. Yeah, I guess, look, it's wide open. Uh, It certainly is at that. And if the Giants can get healthy, you'd like to think that they're going to be healthier in the second half. Uh, The the schedule is not really all that daunting. We ran through it twice. The Eagles, you still play the Dolphins, who are terrible. You play Washington, who you always beat. The Bears are kind of in the same spot as you. Uh, It's just hard for me to envision this Giants team right now putting like all of those things going in the right way, like you win all of those games, mm-hmm. maybe pick off a Buccaneers or a Cowboys or something like that as well, or the Chargers, um, to be able to get to that level. I mean, I know that Giant fans seem to feel like, well, you know, we've won two of three. We should have won the Chiefs game. Yeah, but you didn't win the Chiefs game. Yeah. And I think as of right now, I'll have to check it. If, if the draft were to be held tomorrow, I think the Giants, their own pick, would be like the eighth pick. 
So what mm. you're saying is that there are only seven teams in the entire NFL who are in a worse position than the Giants. So playoffs might be a little bit like the old Jim Mora line. Playoffs? Yeah. Talking about playoffs? Exactly. Now, the Jets situation is a little different. Okay. Uh, what they're what they're uh, hoping to accomplish the rest of the season, Gordon, is what they hope to accomplish when the season started. To find out whether or not Zach Wilson – how much work they have to do with Zach Wilson. They, they kind of figure he's their guy, otherwise they wouldn't have drafted him number two. But how much work do you have to do with him? And for me, it's always about, as you watch your young quarterback progress, do they make the same mistakes? And Gordon, he's made the same mistake game after game after game. So the question is going to be, now that he's sat, when he comes back, will, he, will you start to see a difference with him? Look at what Justin Fields has been able to do. I mean, this kid got sacked, what, five times, six times, eight he times? one game, he got sacked nine times. Exactly, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And last night, listen, if, if, oh. if the officials leave them alone, they pull off the upset over Pittsburgh last night. Yes, yes. The Bears lost to both the Steelers and the officials. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what the Jets are playing for. The Jets are still playing for – do, what are we going to do with this quarterback situation here? And yeah, of course we're talking about Mike White and you know keep playing and so on and so forth. But eventually, Gordon Zach Wilson is going to have to get back under center because you don't want to do you don't want to throw half of next season away trying to get him to stop making mistakes. This is what you're, you're kind of sacrificing this season for that. Yeah, uh, and, and look for me, and I think it's for you. I don't know if if you feel the same way. I would be starting Mike White this week against Buffalo. Oh, no question. No Let question. him get out there. Let him get another shot. I mean, from what we've seen from him, it's by far better. And and look, it's kind of a, I don't want to say an impossible spot because it looked like the the Bengals game was an impossible spot, but it looks like a very difficult spot. And mm-hmm. and one of two things are going to happen. Either a you let Mike White take the bullet there get you know his head handed to him against a, a Buffalo team that's ticked off. And then the following week, I think it's against Miami, you put Zach Wilson back in there. He's had a chance to sit. The, the, the Mike White hoopla has died down a little bit. Or if Mike White goes out there and plays well against Buffalo, well then, I don't know, maybe it, it seems in- incredible to believe because I think at some point Zach Wilson is going to ha- have to get a chance to play again. But if Mike White goes out there, at least you know, hey, you know what? After this season is over, we might have a guy that, that, that other teams might be interested for their quarterback position. I don't know. Look, stranger things have happened, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. No, he, for me, Gordon, he plays until he plays himself out of it. He hasn't He's got done that be, so far. No, he plays until he plays himself out of it. I mean, if he, if he gives you, I don't know what, two touchdowns and, and no picks – against Buffalo, and it's a competitive game offensively. I mean, he can't control what the defense does. But if it's a competitive game offensively, Gordon, he deserves to still start. This guy threw for 400 yards a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, You don't just, I mean, you you don't just kick him How many games has Zach Wilson thrown two touchdowns? Has he? I mean, I think he threw two (laughs) touchdowns in the Tennessee game, but other than that, I don't. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and, and White threw a touchdown last week too. Oh, he also threw two touchdowns in the Carolina game. Mm-hmm. So Carolina and uh, Tennessee, both of those games he had a turnover. The Tennessee mm-hmm. game, which was an overtime game, he threw for 297 yards. Obviously his best game of the season so Obviously. far. Obviously, yep. 
I mean, there's been, you know, the Denver game he threw for 160 yards. New England, it was 210. I mean, it's, it's been a rough go. And I just think at this point, there's not much to salvage from this season for the Jets. The right. main number one thing you got to do is be able to get this guy on better footing than he has been on so far this year. So he's had the time off to kind of regroup, catch his breath. You have a very easy stretch, as easy as you can possibly have coming up. Give him another week to kind of rest up, let White play, and then you get Zach Wilson back in there against Miami in a week. I agree. So I guess we're talking quarterbacks. 1-800-919-3776. How about this? We're, 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 killing, we're killing Zach Zach Wilson, right? And and uh, Jones throws for 110 yards. Right. Hey. <laughs> he gets to start. He's the starter. <laughs> He's the starter, and there's no question about. It. And he and Gordon, and they win. Well, How they about that? win, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and they that, win. That, that makes a big difference. Uh, and look, clearly, I'm does. not telling you. See, I'm not saying that for me that Jones has proven anything. But I'm just I'm looking at it as the Giants. You know the Giants. Yeah, Unless this you're guy right. just goes out there and is just a turnover machine here. They're, they're going to stick with their guy. We like the – I mean, this is the guy they want. You know, there's a reason why they took him six in the draft. Nobody else was taking him six in the no. draft. This was their no. guy. They're on board, and until he proves and, – and look, that's the way a lot of these teams are. It's true. When, when you draft a quarterback this high, it's almost like you've got to prove that you're not the guy before they're ready to turn the page. There's no question about that. And uh, listen, you know, you talk about loyalty. Gordon, are, are you sure Gellerman won't have a job after this year? Uh, look, I, I, there, there <laughs> are, are certain sure? things. I, look, I remember at this time last year, the guys on the K show were saying, you know what? Don't be so sure that Adam Gase is going to get fired. Don't be so sure. And I was thinking to myself, look, no, <laughs> you know, I, I understand we're living in this bizarre reality in New York football that it's this bad and it's all. There's no way Adam Gase could have <laughs> kept his job. And to no. me, there's absolutely, again, Barring some incredible run that like that overtakes what the Giants have been here for the last five years, there's no possible way in my mind that Dave Gettleman deserves to or will be on past the season. Now I'm not saying they're going to fire him. Maybe he'll mm-hmm. retire. Maybe they'll they'll give wink, him wink. some ceremonial <laughs> position someplace else. But yeah, I mean they gotta you gotta he, turn the page. He, he'll retire. Wink, wink. Yes, exactly. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Hardenstein Damon till midnight. Talk a little football with you right now. Hit us up on Twitter at Hardenstein ESPN, at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Talking quarterbacks, Jets and Giants. Gordon asked an interesting question. Do these teams have something to play for for the rest of the year? I mean, from a record standpoint, you would say eh, they ain't winning nothing. <laughs> well, look, I, I, it, you'd have to say it's at least open to the Giants. I just yes. don't, I, I don't have a high level of confidence. That Nor should you. Know. No. <laughs> Nor should but you. it does kind of make you think back. Like, if they had just been able to win the Washington game mm-hmm. or the Atlanta game, especially mm-hmm. the Atlanta game because that's a team that's in front of them right now and it was right there for the taking, it's, it, it would change things. Just that one game, it would make you feel a little bit different, especially with the, the easy games that they still have to play. You know, and I really feel, Gordon, I'll get to the calls in a second. I, I really feel bad for veterans on squads like this with the Jets and Giants because look at how wide open the, the sport is right now. Who's the consensus number one? It's not like Kansas City. It's like, oh, my God, it's Kansas right. City. You know? No, you're I right. I mean, Tampa, you would think, is closest mm-hmm. to the strongest team you think will go back to the Super Bowl. But, I mean, 
Look what Tennessee's been able to do. Nobody expected Tennessee to be in this spot. Arizona, who comes in and dominates without two of their star guys, including their starting quarterback and Kyler Murray. I mean, you look at this. You look at this league. It's so wide open. And if you're a team like, if you put just a couple of wins together, Gordon, and you're just a team on the outside that nobody's expecting, you put a couple of wins together late in the season. You're right there. So when you're on a team like the Jets with a young quarterback and, you know, we're sitting here talking about, well, they should bring Zach Wilson back. You know, there's some veterans on here like, no, man, put Mike White in there. I got a shot. (laughs) I'm not trying to hang around here to see what he does next year. I may not be in the league next year. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, the Giants come out of the bye against the Buccaneers, and I don't know that they're necessarily the number one, but they're one of the top teams in the NFC, and that'll kind of give you a gauge of where you're at. It's on on the road. It's a Monday night game. And uh, look, if you win, if you can win that game, there's no reason you can't win any of the other games you have. If you can go on the road and beat the Bucks, I mean, but whether or not they can do that (laughs) remains to be seen. That's an interesting question. Go to the phones. Kareem is in East Orange. He joins us first on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Kareem. Hey, how you doing? Great. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. we got you. All right. So a long time long time Jets fan. Uh leave Mike White in there. Let it let it work let it work. Why reinvent the wheel? Leave him there. He can move the ball well. Next year we won't have to worry about a quarterback. Mike White will be the starter. Zach will be holding the clipboard as a backup. It's so simple. Wow. One, two, three. I, I mean, I do think you're getting maybe a little carried away. Uh, you're you're already based on one game and one quarter, ready to turn your back on the side. Now, look, I'm I'm okay with with White playing this week, right? Because I want to get past the Bills. But Zach Wilson's still the fran. I mean, you took the guy, the number two pick in the draft, and now you're saying this guy who's bounced around the league, has been on the practice squad, was drafted by Dallas, found his way to you, is now your quarterback of the future based on one game and one quarter. Well, you keep him and find out. It's cheaper to keep him. Well, you're not going to give him away, Karim. Thanks for the phone call. You're not giving him away, and we're not suggesting that you do. What we're saying is you have to find out what Zach Wilson can do now that he has sat and watched. It's still – he's the number one quarterback, okay? he That's who you drafted. That's who, you, that's who you're married to right now, okay? So you got to go with him. Now, it doesn't mean that – you know, this week you have to go with him. He's still technically, Gordon, coming back from injury. They said two to four weeks. Absolutely. This would be around the time that you would bring him back. You don't want to rush him back. No. Okay, you want him to come back in ample time. Now, you're in a situation where you've got a backup quarterback in Mike White who knows the system, who's run it well, so there's no need to rush him back. So you give Mike White the opportunity, especially coming off, you know, 405 yards in, the, in one game and promising with – marching the team down the field with a touchdown before he got hurt in the second game that he performed in, you're looking at a guy that can that can at least uh, hold the fort until Zach Wilson's ready to go. So for me, uh, I'm not ready to say that Mike White's going to be your starter going forward. Yeah, that, that seems a that, bit that's I a mean, bit boy, oh boy, that is, that is a leap. Wow. <laughs> that is a leap to say yeah. that this guy, you know, this guy is basically now Kurt Warner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. You got to see much, much more before you make that decision. And even then, I don't know that you make that decision. Even though, going very quietly, there might be some in the locker room who are like, don't take him out yet. Well, yeah, I <laughs> mean, I get it, yet. right? I mean, it does. And I said this at the time when he went in there and he played as well as he did against the Bengals. It has mm-hmm. to concern you a little bit that this is a guy who just came in here 
has really not had nearly the things handed to him as the number two pick in the draft, and he's just lighting it up, and, and the offense looks so functional. Because up until that point, I'm looking at the, 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 the players that they have on offense, and I'm saying, well, may, you know, maybe for Zach Wilson it's about the receivers aren't as good as I think they are. Maybe it's because the running game's been so bad. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. And then all of a sudden, Mike White gets in there, and none of those things seem like the issue that they were before. So it is concerning, but I, I don't know that I'm ready to uh, turn the page on Zach Wilson just yet. I'd give Mike White one more game. If he goes out there and balls out against, uh, against Buffalo, well, then, <laughs> then we can have the conversation. But until that happens, I think that it's one more week for Mike White, and then we get Zach Wilson in there and feeling good about himself against the, the Jaguars and the, and the Dolphins of the world and all those bad teams. I'm going to tell you, Gordon, even in that scenario, if he balls out, I think it's still week to week. Well, look, if he goes out <laughs> really there and do. goes crazy against the, the Bills, yeah, I mean, week. look, then yeah, then, then at least you say, okay, let's, let's ride this a little more. It is still a two- to four-week injury. Mm-hmm. You know, let's give him a little bit of a breather, all this type of stuff. Because if, if you're going from night and day, because then again, if, you, if he goes and balls out against Buffalo and then you go back to Zach Wilson and Wilson's bad, well, what then do what do? do you think is going to happen to Zach? I mean, they're going to be killing this kid. You're right. They're already ready to turn the page on him after one game. <laughs> I know. And the scary thing is that LaFleur opened up the offense with White, right? right. You didn't yeah. see any of these plays, Gordon. We saw nothing. We were wondering if this guy even knew how to call plays. Right. And we yeah. saw all this motion, trick plays, all this stuff quarterback to, to to receiver back to quarterback though quarterback receiving catching touchdowns we know I'm like where did these plays come from and where have they been it's all because he's sitting upstairs now now he can see yeah. the field oh wait a second here yeah mm-hmm. it is it, it's it's glaring I mean it was night it and day difference it's amazing it's amazing Gordon, let's get back to the phone Bruce is in flushing he joins us next on 987 hey Bruce hey Larry uh, and um, how many, um, Gordon, how Gordon. Doing today? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Gordon, yes. How are yep. you? I'm good. Um, Larry, did you do your homework assignment, kids? I did not. I I, I put some calls in, but uh, the only thing I found out which would make Gordon happy is that Andrew Heaney is now with the Dodgers. <laughs> oh, he'll be awesome now with the Dodgers. Do you wait? He'll be great with them. I, I couldn't take him anymore though. Let me put on my Yankee general manager hat for a second, and now. I heard about this rumor to Olsen trade. I'm, I'm not, I'm not crazy about giving up Torres, but if I will, if I have to. Here's why I didn't necessarily want to give up Torres, because there's also rumors that Cincinnati is breaking up their ball club, and Luis Castilla is, is available. Now I'd rather get Olsen. You should probably get Olsen without giving up um, Torres and then use Torres in in the Cincinnati deal. But if I have to give up Torres to get Olsen, then I want one of the open-age pitchers. I want Montos in that deal and, and expand the deal. Yeah, I would think, Bruce, that, that Oakland wouldn't be interested in, in Glaber as much because if they're breaking things up, it's about payroll, and Glaber is going to reach – uh, you know, free agency, I think it's in two more years. But, I mean, still, if, if that's the reason why they're getting rid of Olsen is because he's going to start getting expensive. So, Glaber, even off a bad year, is going to start getting expensive. I would think if, if the according, A's are looking to move those to, guys, they're going to be looking for lower-level guys who have not reached the majors as of yet. 
Gordon, according to published reports. Well, it's uh, it was um, it was uh, Jim Bowden that put that out there. That was the that right, was the initial place Perosi, that that came from. But Perosi also said uh, that's true. That if they put if they put Torres and um, Domingo German uh, and and um, Luke as Boy. a trade. That yeah, see, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why they would make those. I mean, all those guys are like going to be making more money than 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 Olson's going to be making. Or, or knows? I mean, these guys I trust. It's not some some Yahoo from uh, right. a website I never heard. These are like major no, major I know. league guys. I so, but if if that's true, would you make that deal, Larry? Would you make that deal? I'm not. It's easy for me to say because I'm not a Yankee fan. I don't know that I'm ready to give up on Glaber. I still think he's got some. I still think he's got some baseball in him that he can revert back to something close to the way he was when people were telling me he's going to be the face of this team. I still think. Uh, I understand it's, why it's you want Olsen. Like... I get why you want Olsen because he's he's younger. He's a lefty and he's younger than what Rizzo would be. So I get that. And you know Luke Voigt, You know you're going to move on from him. So I would I would make that deal, but I'm not sure I'd make that deal if I got to, if I got to include Torres. The problem, also, though, you know, is, is that like, you got to move like one it. of these guys off second base because if LeMahieu's going to be playing, like if you're going and getting a first baseman, like like uh, either bringing back Rizzo or you're going out and getting Olsen, where's LeMahieu playing? Third. That's why. Okay, that's so why then where's Urshela going? <laughs> I'm going to move him in a trade. If you make the, you know, however, if I'm including Torres in this deal, I want yeah, one of the Oakland A's pitchers. And if I have to uh, uh, um, enlarge the deal and throw in another prospect, you're too fine. But if, if I put Torres in this deal and I get um, Olsen and St. Montos to answer that rotation and then um, get a short – see, I'd rather not pay this money. I, I, I'm, I'm reading all these papers and, and, and predictions saying the Yankees are willing to spend money on, on shortstop. Now, Correa is definitely worth it. But it's because he's the best of the lot. But why spend that money when you really don't need it? I mean, I spend a le- less amount on, say, Simeon, and then bring up the kids, Volpe and, and, and Pariza. Plus the fact this this, this kid that the Yankees are going to sign in, in, in the Dominican Republic is a shortstop. And, he, and, and they compare him to one day um, um, the, the kid from Tampa Bay. So do you, would you, if you could get Correa, would you get Correa? I'm I'm with you, Bruce. I don't like spending. I mean, the, the the look. They might be wrong. Maybe the market isn't there. But I mean, ten years, three hundred million dollars for Carlos Correa. I mean, a lot of money. <laughs> I, I mean, we can't solve problems without spending three hundred million dollars. I mean, look, they need to get a shortstop. I like Correa. I don't know how many more years he's going to have at shortstop. I mean, you know, two three years, he's probably going to be your third baseman. Um, I'm not crazy about the options that I see. I, I like Correa as a player. I just don't – I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not crazy about that aspect of it. I, I agree. Unless, unless the Yankees' thinking is if they get a shortstop, then those Volpe's in the, the prizes right. of the world yeah. those will be used to, to, right. to, to trade for a starting pitcher. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean that's, that's certainly what possible. They would do. Sure. Yeah. I, to, look do. to me, and, and I would have to figure out what you're doing. With Glaber, the, the Glaber Lemayhu situation, mm-hmm. like is Lemayhu going to play third, and you're going to move off Urshela? Uh, is, uh, clearly, Glaber's playing second. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's on the team. Yeah. He's not playing anywhere other than nope. second. So, nope. 
And if you put LeMayhew at first, he's kind of a below-average uh, offensive first baseman. So mm-hmm. that doesn't really work either. So And nobody's taking his contract. So No, no. Yeah, there's a lot of pieces to juggle here, and there's a lot of things. out. I really like Olsen. Uh, I, I like the fact that next year he'll be 28, mm-hmm. lefty, good glove, few years younger than Rizzo. And, and one of the reasons that I saw for Rizzo's uh, struggles this year, they were saying, well, you know, he had a little bit of a back issue while he was in Chicago, so uh, that's why he kind of struggled the way that he did. I'm thinking to myself, well, if he had a back issue already, why am I going to be going, you know, two yeah. years whatever it is to bring him back, if that's already a thing that's popping up at the age of 32, 33. I, I really don't want to invest in a first baseman that's already past the age of 30. No, you, you, not, not if you can help it. Not if you can help it, even though his defense is outstanding. Yeah, well, Olsen's a gold glove winner, so he's, he's a good glove too. So um, that would be – and that lefty swing in, in Yankee State, I mean, he would just be – he, he, uh, he should be. Don't say yes. he would be. He should well, be. He should be, right. <laughs> I never want to say would. Uh, it does has he had? I'm not familiar with him, Gordon. Has he had uh, enough seasons offensively that you would be happy with him? That you think he would be? Yeah, that I mean, guy? he's 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 been in the majors. I think it's been this was his fifth year, and the, really the only down year he had was the was was the was the shortened year, the okay. the, the sixty game season. That year he mm-hmm. he did not um, did not really produce. But you know, weird year, kind of caught chalk it up to that. This past season. Uh, I can give you his numbers. I have them here somewhere. Hang on, Larry. Yeah, this past year, at the age of 27, he was an all-star. Uh, 39 homers, 111 ribbies, 271, 371, 540. So an OPS of, of 911, an OPS plus, which 100 is average. He was 153. Um, I, it, again, it would depend on what you have to give up. I'm not breaking the farm for a first baseman, but if you're going in to be in the market for a first baseman, that is a name that I would certainly be interested in. Yeah, there's no question about it. And, and you know, because you're killing two birds with one stone. You're getting the, the great defensive first baseman that you need. You're getting a lefty stick, which you need to balance the lineup out. So that would be, you know, that that's the perfect move. But I got to tell you, Gordon, if, if I'm the Yankees, I'm not making a trade for a pitcher with, with the A's after Sonny Gray. Duh. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe you might, that might be a good point. Right, look, Castillo's name uh, is one that the Yankee fans have been, been interested in for a while. Yeah. So, exactly. And he's coming off a down year. It's surprising to me that the Reds are, are ready to, to turn the page. But another guy who's, you know, still pretty young, he had an issue. I think it was with walks this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take a look. But I know he walked the ballpark. But he's a pretty good strikeout guy. Uh, still pretty young. I think he's either 27 or 28, somewhere along those lines. Uh, so uh, that uh, you can always – the only thing about the pitching is that there's so much pitching available this yeah. offseason. Yeah. You know, between him and Robbie Ray and Stroman's out there and Verlander's, you know, pitching at basically the Yankees' facility and, and John Gray's a guy that the Yankees have been interested in before. I mean, Castillo would probably be at the top of my list of all those guys based mm-hmm. on, you know, where he's at in his career, but there's a lot of pitchers out there. Yeah, there's the, – the, Rarely, right? It's unusual there's a lot of pitchers out because normally you're, you're scrapping, trying to figure out, okay, we got a limited amount of pitching. What are we going to do? You know, what a difference from a year, right? Yeah. A year and, ago, you hardly had anybody out there. And, and pitching really not the Yankees' number one issue this year. It, it was Ironically, it wasn't, really. No, the starting the pitching, you the starting pitching was the pretty offense, good. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. good. They need, some, they need to add a piece, but they, it was pretty good. 
It was. Why nobody wants the Met job? <laughs> well, that's like a I daily said last soap night. opera. Sandy went to the GM meetings to find a GM. That's where you find the GMs, Larry. It's like going to a car dealership. That's where you go to get the cars. The GM meetings, that's where you go to get the GMs. Yeah, you know, Brian Cashman went there and found possibly a third base coach. <laughs> yeah, he didn't need to go all the way there. He could have found him right across town. And talk about taking over a plum spot. I mean, how could you be worse than the last guy? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and here's one thing we know. He's not his friend. They may be okay, but he's not his close friend. So, no. you know, he's not close like Nevin was. So it, it, it'll be interesting if that do, if that does come through. Say back to the phones. Chris is in Manhattan. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Chris. Hey, good evening, Larry. Good evening, Gordon. How's everything? Chris, what's going on, man? Not too much. Not too much. Um, first, uh, I guess first point, um, I heard something a, a little bit about the draft. Um. Larry Gordon has it right. Say that quarterback clip back in you the studio, guys. We'll save that clip, yeah, Chris. You, you, yeah, do not do not do a quarterback in the in in the first round now, uh, especially if you're if uh, if you're the Giants and you were talking about having two first round draft picks. Um, as a New York fan, I wouldn't want to see that. Um, as a Jet fan. I go for it. <laughs> I, I, I want somebody to be silly enough to to, to go. I, I'm praying that it, you know, it, you know, in the postseason, you know, Senior Bowl, you know, you go through all the the workouts. And the, I want somebody to draft the quarterback in the top ten as a Jet fan because that's just going to give me a better shot at an edge and uh, an and and probably center uh, Linderbaum um, from uh, Iowa. Um, maybe Neil. Um, let's see, Kenyon Green, uh, Ikem, uh, Ikwanu, uh, somebody on the offensive line. You know, um, which would bring me to the Jets, uh, the Jets situation. Um, Larry, you were talking about veterans and taking the quarterback, um, situation week to week, correct? Mm hmm. Yep. Um, I think that's the way to go um, because I think what we've seen with Mike White and Josh Johnson is you've seen a willingness to play small ball, take the check down, get the ball out quick, intermediate passing, spreading the ball around, uh, which keeps them in reasonable down and distance, which allows Mike White to go a little deeper into his playbook. Uh, Hopefully, you know, because again, to me, it's looking at five to six games versus three to four years. The five to six games, you know, would be Mike White, which gives you an opportunity to see, you know, what a Michael Carter can do. And also, and, and actually, it seems like the other two quarterbacks with their experience have made it, I don't know, maybe it's just me, a little bit easier on the offensive line, you know, knowing that they'll get the ball out quick, knowing almost mm-hmm. where they're going to be you know, instead of getting these scramble plays with quarterback maybe holding the ball. Um, so, I mean, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good in the short term, um, you know, and in the long term because, honestly, there's no way that Zach Wilson can't see two other guys, <laughs> you know, operate this offense because I'm still looking at the 317 that Josh Johnson put up and, however, you know, even in a blowout, 
you can call it what what it that's still three seventeen and that's from the second and the third quarterback. It's crazy. So, it's crazy. And you know what, Chris? And, and we got to run. Thanks for the phone call. This is the thing that I don't get. How could how could Zach Wilson just not throw to not throw the underneath stuff, Gordon? You've got the head coach saying you can be, you know, it's okay to be boring. I mean, hint. In practice, I know they're telling him, throw it to the short, throw it to the check down, make sure you check down. And he just doesn't check it down. I mean, you know, Gordon, he should have been benched anyway. Well, I'll tell you this. If Joe Flacco gets in there and starts balling out, then we really got a problem for Zach Wilson. You know, then we really got issues. You're right. You're absolutely right. But, I mean, it, it's clear. And, listen, um, uh, uh, he's right. Chris is right. The offensive line has looked better. I'm not saying they're great. This is not a, this is not a Hall of Fame. We're not talking about a, the five, five men of granite with the offensive no, line. No, We're not. But it looks functional. But it looks, it looks better. Yes, it looks functional. There's no question about that. Doug is in Long Thank Island. You. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Doug. Hey, gentlemen. How are you? I'm good, Doug. What's going on, man? Good, good. I just have a, a couple of quick points. I'm going to leave you. I know you have very knowledgeable callers and, and such. I just, first of all, Chuck D says hello, Larry. I didn't know you oh, guys. Oh, good. Yeah, together. tell him I say hey. Chuck D. Yeah, that's one of my best friends. Next door neighbor. Uh, down the street from Dr. J. Nice. Uh, so, but anyway, short. So, Mike White looks great. The Jets look like a quarterback farm system now, and the gentleman was saying some interesting things. But the Jets have some options now, but they can never. They can't pick another quarterback right now. They can't. They'll kill this kid. And I think Mike White, in particular, has been a dump down guy. He's been around a bit, so he kind of knows. Let me do this to get the offense rolling. Then I'll take some shots. Secondly, uh, uh, the third third point is just this whole basketball season. The Eastern Conference is really tough. Mm-hmm. And, then for, and then lastly, and I'll let you guys go, and I, I heard you last time, Gordon, when I hung up because I'm a listener and a fan, and you said, well, Steve won 17 and only 24 games. You know what, Bill Donovan, my, my dear friend, former St. Angus teammate, and Sam Preston said to me once when we were hanging out, they said, you cannot in the NBA win and acquire and, and win and acquire a championship team as you're doing it. Meaning that even back to him saying with the Spurs, when everything turned around for them was when they won 23 games and drafted Tim Duncan. And, and you can't. You can't accumulate drafts. But the, team, the, the Knicks were bad and, for, for years, Doug. It wasn't like and, just one or two years. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, Steve, after, after Phil Jackson, Steve, listen, I'm telling you this, and I can say it now because he's not there anymore. He's on the board. But he said to me when, when he did, he talked to Jim, and they know each other because he's been you know, CEO of the guard and everything else. He said to him, what are you going to do if it gets hot? He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, but I don't think anyone else has done for you. I'm not going to give away your picks that I acquire, and I'm not going to blow your money unless it's on a home run. And, you know, that's – and he kind of did that with Julius Randle. And then I'll tell you, Morris and Curtis were balling. Even though they left after he stepped down, those guys look like good picks. But everybody's a right fit kind of guy. You know how that is, guys. Some guys go here. Where do you guys think Kyrie's going to end up? And then I'll let you go. What do you guys think? Where, where do I think? Who's going to end up? Look, Kyrie, because Kyrie. I know Steve has said to me a long time ago, this is a player's day. He said, players run this. He said, but I'll tell you what, I'm not going to let some 28-year-old tell me everything I'm going to do. 
He said, I loved it when Carmelo Anthony got healthy because he finally got the hell out of my office. <laughs> Funny. And do you know what? I tell you, day. Doug, thanks for the phone call. I don't know what Kyrie's going to do, but I'm telling you, um, I think he's just going to wait, Gordon, until he's ready to come back. I think he's I just going to wait. I don't get the sense that Kyrie, and maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know him, obviously, but I don't get the sense that he's all that broken up about not playing. No, he's not in he's no rush to come back. I don't get the sense from Kyrie that like not playing basketball is going to ruin his life. Mm-mm. And he's and he's making money. I'm thinking, what is he making? Like $18 million or something like that this year? Like he's not yeah. getting his full salary? But... No. He's getting paid for the road games. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't I, – it doesn't seem like the mandate is going to change. No. Nope. It doesn't seem like the Nets' position clearly is going to change. Nope. So unless Kevin Durant says, hey, get this guy out of here, even if he does, who who's going and saying, you know what, get me Kyrie Irving, you know, <laughs> who yeah, might cause... retire upon now, – now, I think he's in the final year of his contract, so maybe there's a team that wants to clear out a bunch of cap space so they take on Kyrie's con- – but, I mean, trying to find that deal – it doesn't seem like anything. It doesn't seem like whatever the answer is that it's around the corner. Let's put it that way. No, I would agree with that. I, I don't think. And and this is, but this is like Kyrie, right? You really don't know. You really don't know what's going on with him. He no. he's he's sitting out. He's doing whatever he's doing right now. And when he gets ready, when he decides to get to the, when he proves his point or decides that his point has been proven, he'll turn around and come back or whatever he decides to do. Or maybe Gordon, like you said, he may just say, you know what, I'm done. I'm retiring. It would, that would not shock me at all. I, I do not get the sense that he is a guy that's like desperate and, and sitting at home is just killing him not playing in these games. I think he's doing just fine. Yeah, there's no questions about it. Gordon, let's get back to the call. Let's hear from Spike in St. Pete. Hey, Spike. Hey, boys. Glad I could get you. And glad that you got two hours. It's a treat for me. So uh, I watched the, uh, God, my memory's gone, Philly Milwaukee game. Yes. And um, we're we're beneficial tomorrow night. Obviously, we did the breakdown, Larry. It's just my want. And uh, the the coverage on the three point shots absolutely defensively suffered big time. Mm-hmm. You just picture Taj Gibson trying to fly around the end of the court. But uh, Mitchell Robinson is ne- he's one of these guys. Gordon, you've said this for years too. He's improved. He put on the weight and he's a rim protector. But I think this guy's so injury prone. I just I, I like the kid. He's, he's improved a little bit. Never going to be an offensive threat. But I think he's out again from what I'm hearing. But anyway, I went to the uh, Milwaukee game, and they were a bit tired. Uh, they should be a bit tired tomorrow night. They, everybody played their minutes. And I said this on Michael's show today. They're not exactly taking a covered wagon or Pony Express, but they do. They did play and have to travel. And you got to pack up. I know they don't do anything themselves, but it's still taxing. I was really happy with Nerlens Noel until he got hurt again. Uh, I don't know what you boys felt, but you saw the athleticism, right? Mm-hmm. Another guy who yeah. gets hurt a and, lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and the shooting's off, and maybe it's the what do they go Spalding to Wilson or Wilson to Spalding? I forget on the ball. They change the ball, mm-hmm. but you know what? It's going to boil down to this. And, and Michael uh, Don and Peter asked me this. Well, what do you see? I said I've seen everything in eleven games. They played yeah. very good against good teams. Uh, injury prone and not, you take who you play. You know that that works out. Uh, I've seen them stink it up at home, which has to change. 
And I've seen the consistencies, the inconsistency. And that's a little troublesome. But I think uh, the two newbies, as I refer to them, they're in the wrong spot. You know what I mean, Larry? You play. They, they just seem they're out of sync. Fournier seems a little sloppy with the ball. Kemba, as Gordon always used to tell me when we talked on Saturdays and during the week about Kyrie with the wire in his knee. Remember that? Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, he's missed yeah. games at every stage of his career. College, pro, finals, playoffs, everything. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, uh, I, and I love Kemper. Isn't it? that he's got one of them thousand dollar smiles? You know, he makes you feel good just looking at him. Mm-hmm. He's a great kid. Uh, I don't know where he's at. The risk was low, but he split the minutes. And Rose has played, I'd say, six or seven. He's been the best player on the team. Uh, Randall's too inconsistent for me. Now he played well last night. So I'm hoping tomorrow night, I'm really hoping we catch a team that played. It was a tough game. Philly's busting their ass. They're really playing hard yeah. without their players. Yeah. I mean, so it should be it should be a, a good game. But even if the Knicks pull out a close game or win by double digits, what's going to happen the next game? I think you've got to give them 20 to 30 games, and then we'll all draw our own conclusions. But I'll leave you with this, boys. And great to hear you. I'm so happy you got full shows for a couple of guys. Here's the thing I'm thinking about. I thought they were going to be a fifth or sixth seed, and you can go back and forth and scheduling and traveling and no fans. And someone said, well, there's no fans, so Julius Randle is affected. Julius Randle plays the way he plays. They're, they're letting him play on this year. You guys notice mm-hmm. that? It's oh, play yeah. through. Yep. Right. So that's going to stop. The same way they'll go back to when you, you know, Harden's bit with his drops your shoulder and he lands, pushes himself into the guy. They've gotten on that. You know how it works at the beginning of the year. They call traveling, you know. Don't give them the euro step. It's all going to go back to what it is because I prefer, and I think Larry and I think you too, Gordon, I prefer 90s basketball, you know. Set a hard screen and, you know, don't go under a screen, you know. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to uh, – to watch the game tomorrow night, and uh, all things point, if we play our game, we need that home victory tomorrow night against a team that played a, t- a tough game and is shorthanded. I'd love to hear what you have to say, and I'll listen to the stream. Thanks, boys. All right, Spike, thanks for checking in. For me, Gordon, it's very simple. Uh, the Knicks need somebody to be able to play up front. I don't think Mitchell Robinson is going to be able to go. Uh, can Nerlens Noel play? I mean, they were just – and look, with all all due respect, Drummond was phenomenal again tonight, almost 20 rebounds again. But Taj Gibson, with that front line against uh, Giannis, that's <laughs> that's going to be tough. Yeah. That's going to be very, very tough to, have, to try to keep him off and continue to have him pound and pound and pound. They need they need some physicality, so they're going to have to uh, make a decision. Will we'll, we'll Toppin play alongside Randall for some minutes? Uh, will, will the young man from Texas, the rookie, is he going to be able to get some run uh, at, at the center position a little bit? Uh, they're going to have to make some decisions uh, to do that because you've got to be able to keep Milwaukee off the boards, and, and Giannis is <laughs> – very physical, Gordon. Very physical. Yeah, but, I mean, look, they're banged up too, right? Like, yep. uh, they, they were missing guys the last game between uh, Middleton didn't play and uh, Lopez didn't play. I don't right. think that they're back as of they yet. They didn't play tonight. Yeah, so if they're not back, I mean, you saw the last game. What was that, Friday night? That it was like Giannis had to kind of do everything and mm-hmm. outside of uh, Connaughton and, uh, you know, a guy here or there, Grayson Allen was hot early on. It was very difficult down the stretch of that game for them to find any offense at all. So um, 
The thing with the Knicks is <laughs> you don't, as Spike kind of said, it's like the box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get <laughs> on right. any given night. So yeah. uh, it's a good game. It's at the Garden. Hopefully the Knicks put up a good performance. We'll see. That's right. And you can hear the game right here on 98.7 ESPN pregame. We'll follow the Michael K. show, and we will follow the Knicks postgame show. Kevin's in Stanford. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Kev. Hey, Kevin. What's going on, guys? You hear me good? Yeah, we got you. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, what's yeah. going on? You guys were um, you guys were talking Giants earlier, and you know we're three and six right now, and we should easily be six and three. And my biggest issue right now is the play calling. Jason Garrett, um, whether we got Saquon in there or not, whether Daniel Jones is healthy or not, we got Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Shepard's injured, but I'm not seeing the play calling. Um, in respect to the rest of the NFL, you see people taking shots downfield. You see these 20-yard digs, out routes. I mean, we play the Raiders. How many passes do we do downfield? 20, 30-plus yards, one, two plays. Why do I feel like we're not utilizing uh, Kadarius Galladay to what we know he could be? Look what he did in Detroit. Kadarius Tony, he's a weapon, getting the ball constantly. Not constantly, but I feel like we're not utilizing our weapons the way we should be. It's just... It's just so monotonous, so old school, running through the tackles, between tackles. I'm not seeing anything out of the box. I mean, Jason Garrett is so – the play calling is just not where it should be. And, I mean, when was the last time we scored over 30 points? It's, it's getting old. I don't mind if we're going to lose games 35 to 40 or something like that. But I feel we're not stretching the field. And that's a big problem because the rest of the NFL is blowing us by in regards to – play calling and stretching the field and if we're going to pay all this money to Kenny Galladay why are we not throwing him the ball you know he's the kind of guy he can literally throw the ball in the air and hope for a jump ball if he doesn't catch it if he does catch it maybe you get a penalty maybe you get a uh, pass interference I see that we're not taking those chances well I will say this Kevin I will say this Uh, I will say this and and thanks for the phone call to be fair the other side of some of the complaints about Kenny Galladay was he doesn't always get separation, Gordon. And, you know, for a lot of these plays, and look, I'm not following, I'm not looking at the, (laughs) I'm not looking at the coach's film or what's going on with him, but, you know, I would think on some of these situations, Gordon, you look, you're throwing to somebody else and you look around, the, 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 the defender is right with him. So he doesn't always get separation. Now, for me, I expected him to be, more effective in the red zone, I will say that. I know you want to stretch the field with him. You know, Sterling Shepard is a guy, he started out well, got hurt, hasn't been able to get that back. Tony made big plays, got hurt, in and out of the lineup. So there's some inconsistency with your receivers. Uh, but, yes, I thought he was going to use the tight end more. Gordon, I haven't seen a lot of Kyle Rudolph. I thought for sure Kyle Rudolph, that's what they brought him here for, to be able to use him in, in you know intermediate sets. Haven't seen a lot of that. So, yeah, you're right, Kevin. There are some things with the play calling that you, that, that you, um, you, know, you raise your eyebrow with. But, you know, listen, uh, these guys got to stay healthy, Gordon. Galladay's got to stay healthy. Tony's got to stay healthy. Shepard's got to stay healthy. That's not helping them. No. I mean, you you talked about coming into the season about all these upgraded weapons and, and how it was going to impact the offense. Well, all the upgraded weapons really haven't been here. Tony hasn't been here. Galladay hasn't been here. Saquon hasn't been here. So it's basically the same group as last year. And we're all sitting around saying, well, why is the offense not any better than last year? I do think, though, 
there is a part of that the coaching staff still doesn't really trust Daniel Jones. They don't. Um, and, and that's kind of telling because, look, I get it early on in the season. Remember the, 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 the Washington game and it was that one drive where they settled for a field goal. Mm-hmm. It was at that, at that point I was like, well, you know what? It's, it's week two of a long season and you're hoping that as the season moves along, maybe they don't have the trust in him right now. But over time, they'll have trust in Daniel Jones to, to put the ball in his hands and to guide the offense it still kind of feels like they're protecting him. And maybe part of that is that the, the weapons aren't all there and the offensive line isn't good and all these different things. But at some point, man, it's like, what are we waiting for? We got to get going here. And it doesn't feel like this offense as designed and as called by Jason Garrett is ready to take the, the training wheels off with Daniel Jones. So you see weeks like last week, they won the game. They were able to find a way to, you know, find that path to victory, but it was not exactly what you were hoping for a modern offense. And after last year, you wouldn't have thought the offense would be this bad. It's still kind of the same old story. It's kind of where we started the show tonight, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Is Daniel Jones the guy? And, you know, they need to open that playbook up a little bit, and they haven't done it yet. So, you know, in that sense, Kevin's right. The play calling hasn't been great, and especially hasn't been great in the red zone. They've been very predictable in the red zone, very predictable. And that's got to change. Otherwise, you know, I see more losses in their future. Well, and and the thing is, is like if I were a Giant fan, I don't know what I'd actually be rooting for now. Because Mm. like as we were laying out before, yeah, they got some winnable games coming up. And if they win those kind of winnable games and they get to maybe not playoffs clearly, but like playoff content, like the outside of playoff contention, Mm -hmm. All those wins means that likely whatever changes you want to see after this season, like with each win, those changes become less and less and less. And you yeah. can blame it away on the on the you know the the games that you lost early on. You can blame it away clearly on all the injuries. So if if I were a giant fan, I don't know really what I'd be hoping for right now. Do I want to make this playoff push? I guess I do. But it means that there's going to be ramifications, and the ramifications are there won't be that many changes after the season's over. Well, you're torn because, you, of course, you, your, your team hasn't been in the playoffs in a while. So, of course, you want to have uh, the yeah, excitement of, of pushing sure. towards that, obviously. But the other side of it is, do you trust that if you don't make it, the team will be honest, have an honest assessment to say, hey, listen, we got lucky with some of these games. We're really not close. We still have to make a bunch of moves. Because oftentimes what happens, you look at the record and say, you know what? Maybe we're not as bad as we thought we were. We, we, we caught lightning in a bottle. Look what happened. The guys got into the game a little bit more. We, they were healthy. And this is, the way the off- this is what we thought this offense was going to look like. And then you get trapped. And that's what you can't do. That's the issue that you run into. Yeah, it happened, yeah, go ahead. It happened year one with Gase, right? It exactly. happened year one with Gase. And it happened exactly. kind of last year with, with, uh, with Judge, too. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you're saying, who, are you going to be honest with yourself? I, I don't know if honesty is a, is a category the Giants have been uh, very high on that list lately. <laughs> well, it needs to change, that's for sure. <laughs> this is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.